Hey everyone, welcome to episode 19 of the Denver Crux podcast. And today I'm privileged to say that I have the honor of interviewing my mother, the ultimate badass in my book. I feel pretty lucky to have uh, mother and father like I do. They are, uh, they kind of, I guess you could say, taught me all about taking life by the horns and push myself to the limit and seeking to do hard things and never looking back or complaining about it. So real excited. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to have my father on. Um, he was not on, uh, not in state at the time, but we'll get him out here pretty soon. Just got to jump on the plane and fly over these mountains and get on over here. But super excited to talk to my mom today. Um, you know, you'll see that, like I said, she just, she says yes to adventure. And I think that's such an important task that we can really all take a lesson from is saying yes. You know, it's, it's a crazy world out there. And, you know, it's, it's up to us as to whether or not we're gonna say yes to the challenges in life, the adventures that get presented to us and all the things that scare us, but we've got to do them anyway. Welcome to the Denver Crux, a podcast dedicated to the Colorado climbing community and their passion for adventure and pushing the limits of the human spirit. Why are you here? Why are you invading the great state of Colorado (laughs) from Florida? I only have one reason for being here, and that's to spend time with my beautiful son. Okay. <laughs> that of is course, a, that I love is the good state. I, I love uh, I love the change of scenery. It's so different. But you are my number one reason. Okay, that's a that's a good reason to be here. Yes. Um. So, the the greater Denver area. Um. Although you are actually quite well known at this point within the rock climbing community, <laughs> people people in the community know you. Sure. From I believe you took your first climb, was it two years ago now? Um, two or three years ago? Two years ago. Yes, two years ago. I two climbed. years ago. Yes. Okay. No. Was okay. It, was it one year ago? It definitely wasn't one year ago. Okay. No. I no. was here. It was between two and three You're years correct. ago. You're correct. Okay. It was two years ago. Okay. You're right. Because when I was here... Last year, we didn't climb, but we hiked. Okay, did a hike. We did it. Yeah, yeah. We, did so, a, we did a hike. It was probably two yes, years ago at I that point. It was. So you came in. Um, you had no climbing experience in the past. No. And I said, "Hey, jump on this rope!" And without hesitation, you did, and you started heading up those rocks. I did. Pretty amazing. Yes, I have to give credit to the shoes. Climbing and, shoes are everything. But you have to understand, I I was nervous. I'm not afraid of heights, but I've never been really dangling at that height before. Most people haven't. But I, because you were the one in control, I felt safe. You so got, it was scary. Yeah, I remember there, there was a point where you didn't realize how high you had climbed. 
Correct. And then you made it about 15 feet. And there was this long pause when I said, look down. Yes. And then what else happened, if you remember, and I remember you had a name for it, like a barn door or something. Oh, yeah. Your barn door. My barn door. Kind of opened up. And and when I barn doored, I know that I'm attached, but it scared the heck out of me. It's scary stuff. Yeah. It's scary stuff. However, I always brag about you. Really? Because you are no stranger to scary stuff. No. You are no, no stranger to it. No. Um, just to enlighten uh, the audience, um, you, uh, you are no stranger to um, very precarious adventures. Um, for example... Uh, I remember one of the times when I was most concerned for your well-being and safety is when uh, you, I asked you one day. I said, "Oh, hey, you know, what are you doing tonight?" And uh, you said, "Well, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go do some some um, underwater uh, wreck diving, <laughs> you know, in the dark." When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, and for uh, those of you not knowledgeable about the sea, uh, that is in fact when the sharks feed. That's that is a true by. Um, is it a true biology fact? But right. do they want us? No. Ah. They don't want us. <laughs> they don't want us. That is a that is a that is a possibly a fact that you have come to accept, and many of us have not. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But look at the statistics. Um, that was scary for me also. That was scary for me also. And. Um, I was afraid and I almost didn't. And do you want to know what, what I, I may have told you this, I may have not, but the other people, I was doing this night dive because I had to do it um, as a requirement to get my, what's called an advanced open water certification. So I wanted to have my highest certification. I wanted to get uh, certified with, with the nitrox air as well as, which is a nitrogen mix as well as my advanced open water. So I said, let's just do all this. But there was people on the boat that did this all the time. They just did this. You know, I was doing it to meet a requirement that I was interested in achieving. And there's a man on the boat, very experienced, who had been scuba diving his whole life. And many years ago, I, I want to say maybe 20 years ago, he was in an accident that left him paraplegic. And it never stopped him. And when you're a diver, you don't use your arms. Your arms are kind of slack. You know, you use them to, you know, if you want to investigate something. But you kick with your feet, with the fins. And this man had no use from the waist down. So I'm thinking, how is he going to do this? And they pulled him out of his wheelchair. And they basically... Put him in the water and he was like the most skilled diver i've ever seen so he just cruised with his arms he cruised with his arms and i felt secure with him and i said man here i am i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and i saw this man do this out of a wheelchair and i was so impressed with this i said i have to do this and i did and um, it was a success. It was interesting, scary, 
Now, for this, this was for, you said, the advanced open water certification. Yes. Are they always wreck dives? As in your, your, um, you know, exploring an underwater ship? As far as the... These certifications. The night dive? Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be. This one just happened to be. It happened to be. Interesting. Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be on a reef mm-hmm. or it could be, or it, or it could be a rock. And I've never penetrated a rock. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a rock that's like open, mm-hmm. you know, it's just wide open. And then there's ships that you can actually, what you call penetrate them, go in through the hallways. Mm-hmm. Now you're, I take it when you're doing that, I you're, will. you're dragging a cord. I'm, I will never do it. Um, myself mm-hmm. you but you 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 should have like a rope okay because imagine the silt that's on the floor oh yeah you kick and now that up. you're kicking and it happens all the time and you lose all your visibility and you got nothing because you're gonna you it can end very badly mm-hmm. so i'm not interested in in doing that i'm not i'm not chasing you were you were that. in the open wrecks yes okay and did you see I mean, I take your visibility is like probably next to nothing. It did is, you see? It, it some, is next to nothing, but um, did you see sharks and stuff down there? Or they saw you? I'm just wondering if they, you saw them. I've seen sharks during uh, a day dive, a regular a regular dive. Mm. With a night dive, the thing with this is um, someone will have a powerful headlamp. Mm-hmm. Or a light that they're carrying, so you see, you've got some decent visibility, but right there. Right. In other words, I'm looking at twelve o'clock. What's going on at three o'clock? I have no idea what's going on right. at three o'clock because I can't. see. A shark is going on at three. A o'clock. shark is going on at three o'clock, perhaps. Yeah. I can't see more than arm's length here. Yeah. So it's pitch blackness except where the light is. But you see. Um, Different things, for example, um, nothing, when I say the word octopus, not anything like this, not a huge thing, small, but things that are more nocturnal, they come out at nighttime, you can see, but it's, it's a little jarring. Um, There are, I like the rack dives because around the racks are a um, species of fish called a goliath grouper. And they're huge. How big are we talking? The size of a Volkswagen. Okay. And they're... It, it, it's a large grouper, basically. They're not interested in eating a human. But when you get up close and personal, picture something this size, it's jarring. And when you get close, they make a noise, like a grunt. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like... I mean, you're talking about something 10 times the size of you. At least. So very cool to see. Mm-hmm. Not a threat to humans, but a little jarring the first time you see it. Yeah. I'm personally only interested in being in the water with something one-tenth the size of me. <laughs> max. Absolute max. <laughs> Just, you're you're more... Comfortable with like a tadpole type situation. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's very intense. Like I said, um, and it's interesting that you have that one experience, this gentleman that you're referring to, mm. this 
adaptive diver, if you will. Yes. That amazing. Um, inspired you in that moment. It, it, it was. You know, because was... what would have happened, you know, because I think about when it comes to, like, if it's go time, you know, like we talked about in in the military and you know in in the world of you know law enforcement, is you know you have to already be prepared for these situations well ahead of time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, and usually you see that, you know, one's psyche will either go into a fight, flight, or a freeze. Right. You know. And so it's very interesting that you happened to get what you needed a minutes, you know, a few minutes before go I was grateful. I I think about that still, and I thought, would I have done it? Because at first I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know. (laughs) I'm with all these people who Mm -hmm. are very experienced. So, I mean, I, I didn't have any qualms about that, but it was just that you know what, I really don't have to do this. I can just stay on the boat. And then when I watched him, I said, oh, come on, I got to do this. Well, that's, that's very, it's very impressive that you got inspiration from that moment because a lot of people would have seen that and just been like, no factor, I'm still not going to do it. Right. This affected me in no way. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. but I'm glad that motivation was able to set in you. And But you have always been very comfortable with a lot of these situations, though. I mean, you... Not that, I guess, it's not as big as a deal saying it out loud, but like, for example, something I will never do is swim with dolphins. Again, <laughs> I will never swim with dolphins. I will not be in the water. What's your reason for this? These massive fish they are that, are, large. that are four times as big as me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in the water with them. They are large. You know, so, but stuff like that, you're very comfortable. For you, that's zero factor. Manatees, for you, no factor. I don't want to be in the water with a manatee. A you know, manatee? we've been we've been kayaking before, and we've seen manatees. Correct. And you know that I stay away. I start steering I the it, other direction. I find it very interesting that you don't want to be in the water with manatees, yet on a kayak trip. I once leaned over to look into the water at something and I lost my sunglasses in the water. They went. And I said, oh man, and it was fresh water. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, without any hesitation, dove into the water where there's alligators. Probably because I didn't see them at that time. Um, probably because I didn't see him. Because if I would have seen an alligator in that area, I would not We have... had seen one maybe 30 minutes prior along the bank. Mm. And that's why when you... I was like, Jared, it's a pair of Ray-Bans. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want you doing that. <laughs> but a manatee? That's, that's, your, that's your cow, huh? Yep, that's All it. All right. That's it. Okay. So, um, and it, it is strange because usually people regarding a dolphin, people will say, oh my gosh, dolphins, you just want to, so it's weird that you have this feeling about that. No, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, uh, let me see, I'm sure there's a word for it. We'll ask Mr. Google. Um, oh, I'm sure there is. Let's see. So the word is, all right. 
the word is itch the yophobia. Itch, uh. itch the yophobia. Uh huh. Um, what is it specifically referring to? Fish it, in it's general, an it's or? an irrational fear of um, of fish. Some of the definitions will say a large fish. Um, obviously, I don't have a fear of like eating fish or just seeing fish in general, but no. more so the large fish aspect. Well, uh, it's, um, it's alarming. But, it, it, yeah. it is alarming. Yeah. But, and uh, you're not in your habitat. You're underwater. Yeah. That's, yeah. You're not, that's not your habitat. Yeah. So we're invading their world. So, yeah. I now, mean, I now there, are other, there are other common fears that I have zero fear of. Um, for example... Um, definitely don't have a fear of heights. Definitely. No, you don't. Definitely don't have a fear of, um, like bears, even anything, actually anything on land, any land predator. I really don't have a fear of, um, mostly because I always have a gun with me when I'm hiking or doing anything else. Right. So I have the advantage in that situation. I have the advantage. I, you know? So that's the only reason why the fear is not there is because I know I can win the fight. Right. You know, exactly. I saw you, I saw a good. Um, you've got I, the upper hand. I saw a good um, a good meme the other day actually, um, and it said uh, it said train jujitsu because you might have to fight a bear one day. <laughs> you know, and, and so you know hey. that that would be a pretty epic final fight. You know. When it when it comes to all right, I guess it's me or him. Maybe my gun jammed. Maybe my maybe I left my knife at home, and now it's I only have my mitts. You know. I don't know how I would react. I've never seen a bear outside of captivity. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a bear in the wilderness. Um, it's very scary to see a large animal in general actually um especially one example a moose moose are extremely dangerous moose are extremely dangerous i know they're very large well they're extremely large which inherently makes them very very dangerous dangerous. yeah like you can't they're and they're not hunt they're not a man eater right they're not hunting you but like you if you come across a, a moose you need to go the other direction or you need to really get out of the way because Why? a lot of times they'll have a calf with them. Oh, They're, so they'll feel, and yes. They, and they'll think. Protective. Right? They'll think. And so um, I have buddies and stuff like that have lost a lot of animals like dogs and stuff to moose getting really? getting stomped. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. They're beyond large. I've um, I've come across a moose on a, on a path once and it was daunting how tall they were. They were like eight feet tall. Oh my gosh. You know, and then yeah. just, I don't know, over a thousand pounds. I mean, just And huge. are they just like super still? They were still. They were still, yeah. Yeah, like they will freeze. I remember I was locked eyes with it for like three minutes. Did you do a 180 and walk in the other direction? Uh, you know what? I just, um, I froze and I let it pass. And and then it passed over the trail and then I just kept going. Yeah, but it was cool, you know. And, and I do love seeing the, water, the wildlife. Yeah. Um, I love seeing moose. I love seeing deer, but... But yeah, I mean they can they can be dangerous, but but yeah, if I came across anything and I've got I would love to see it. I've got a gun and a blade. I'm good to go. Yeah, you know, um, but but yeah, um, the 
I think the psychology of stress is very interesting. We were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just over at the uh, at the training facility doing yes. some some good uh, some good shooting on the simulator. Loved it. And um, it's you know Loved it's kind of it. interesting. You know I. Um, I didn't know I was so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For those who who weren't there, I put her in a in a shooting simulator, um, and. Uh, you know, I, I set up a few things, some training, like regular training range drills and stuff. But then there's one simulation that you can be a zombie hunter and you go out and you kill yeah. zombies. And these are, by the way, these are like, um, these are like live action movies, by the way. These, th- th- it's not like it's a video game. It's a, it's a live movie that is playing that is inter- able to be interacted with, yeah. basically. It's a very cool system. The technology is amazing. Yeah, because... The movie plays, and when you do something, you literally choose your own adventure at every moment. And if mm-hmm. you shoot, the zombie's head blows up, and it's a, it's very cool. But and it you, is, it does put stress on you because yeah. you know that they're coming after you. Yeah. So it, it's scary. Again, yeah. it, it's not a cartoon. It's not a, you know, a video game. It's a live action thing, right. and, and it's a full one eight. Like it's a big panoramic screen, like an IMAX theater, and so it is. It is scary stuff because you're in it, you know. But. It's, I think it's interesting um, how we react to stress and stuff, and you really respond very, very well, well to stress. Thank you. Um, and I think it's a great thing. Um, I want to, you know, I think for some people, like for you, um, I think it's more so natural. Um, because unless have you done stress training to mitigate stress, have you done like, no. whether it be meditation, uh, mindful breathing, scenario training? I don't think so. No. So I think it's pretty... No. natural for you I haven't um and I think that that I I mean obviously I I would only get better because I'm myself I'm thinking about a million things here I'm thinking about my stance I'm thinking about I'm pulling the trigger way too fast yeah bashing it yeah right I'm so I'm like oh my gosh my stance is off I'm pulling the trigger wrong I'm closing one eye so I'm thinking about all these things and trying to correct them, and that adds to my stress level. Yeah, of course. In in the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting stuff, um, and I mean I spend I spend a lot of time in my profession training for stress, and mm-hmm. you know whether it be you know very specific training like live drills, whether it be. Um, whether it be reading, you know, a lot of reading, when you learn the psychology of stress, you learn a lot about how to tame it, mm-hmm. you know, and how to improve it and breathing. And, you know, I was talking to you about the, the ice bath, you know, oh. one of the main reasons, I mean, the ice bath has a bunch of benefits, but one of the benefits, one of the lesser known benefits is you're in a very stressful situation. Your yes. body goes into what's called the death zone because it thinks it's going to die. Right. Because it thinks like, you just, your plane crashed in Alaska and you crashed into a frozen lake. And there's no hope for you. Right. But how does your brain tell your body, hey, it's okay. It doesn't. It doesn't. We can get out of this That's in the thing. It 40 do- seconds or something. It doesn't. There is no communication with the body on a conscious level. Your brain has communication with itself, which is your consciousness. But there's no, there's no little sidebar conversation going on with your brain to your body, 
saying, right. hey, listen, just keep do, keep acting normal. It's all good. This is a false alarm. There is no sidebar conversation going on. Your body is in true panic. But do right? you feel the panic? So at, I know physically at, your body's going through. At first, yes, you do feel the panic. You will you'll start to hyperventilate. Um, you st- obviously you feel extremely cold, so it's you know somewhat it's very uncomfortable. But yeah, you feel the hyperventilation. You get the extreme shivering response. You get all these things going on. Uh, you might get a slight headache at first because it's so much overstimulus mm-hmm. at once. But the cool thing is, over time, that goes away because you're doing better at the panic. Jujitsu is the same thing. You know, when you know when you're rolling, you're you're putting yourself in this fight. And yet, you know that you're not going to die in the fight because you're in training, right? You're just rolling around with a friend. Um, But you're still trying to win the fight, right? And so a lot of times you'll just kind of freak out. And it's interesting seeing new people roll because you don't know what you're actually doing, even if you know the move. And that's how classes are set up. You learn one or two moves during the class. And then at the end of class, you'll do a live roll, generally speaking. And so you'll get put in a situation where you can do the move that you just learned 10 minutes ago, but you panic and you don't do the move. And so as time goes on, you get better at not panicking and being very, oh yeah, I see it now. More orchestrated. I'm going to counter this with this. Right, right. But that takes time, right? Climbing, very, very similar. You know, you first time going up there climbing. I mean, you've you've seen it firsthand yourself. Well, you panic. But what is climbing? It's one hand over the other, one foot up, the next foot up, a little bit of pull, a little bit of standing up with the feet. You feel like you need to constantly move when you're Mm -hmm. the first. I'm not. I'm a novice. Obviously, I feel like I always have to move, and then I'm like. Well, there's nowhere to me. How many times did I go, Jared, there's nowhere for me to go. There's nowhere for me to go. I got to come down. But there always is. It takes a second and you have to stop and look and have a plan. And and then it seems like something comes out of nowhere. Like, how did I not see that before? Well, and, and what ends up happening is all you need is that one or two breaths. Uh Just stop and take a breathe. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And then everything resets, right? Yeah. Everything yeah, resets. It and, does reset. You know, it's it, like you have a second look at it or something. Yep. And that neural pathway burns itself into your mind and you start to learn how to be very cool in those situations. Mm-hmm. 1% better every time, right? That, right? I mean, that's the goal. Right. Um, yeah. So it's very interesting how that works within the body. Mm-hmm. You know, And like I said, that's why I'm, I think it's, it's very... I think there's a big split between how we physically train and how we mentally train, right? And both are very important, you know? And so just learning the that art of stillness, you know, and to be calm in situations and, yes. you know, it, there's a bunch of different paths, whether it be, you know, just breathing exercises, whether it be yoga, whether it be mm-hmm. deep forms of meditation, right? All these things lend to your ability to mitigate stress yes right and we've got to put them all together and i think it just 
it helps us in all situations in life. You know, it helps us in all situations, but I would agree. Think about think about all the people that don't do any type of stress training and are just an absolute wreck, you know. Um I always like I I always joke, but I remember having this one experience at Starbucks, and I'm sure it was not an isolated incident, but I remember I was at Starbucks many years ago. Um and someone in line was ahead of me and they were ordering and they ran out of their little pump flavor, whatever it was, you know, whether it be vanilla, yeah, you know, and um, and they started having a breakdown. Oh my god! What do you mean you don't have it? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't get it. And they were just hyperbolic, and it was the worst day of their life. Oh my gosh! You know, it was the worst day of their life the um, epitome of a first world problem very much so yeah wow you know but it's it's sad actually yeah but you got to be able to you know mitigate these things but and people are not living their life like this people are living their life in chaos and get up and i'm cutting it close and i'm late for work and now i'm rushing home and i'm doing this and no one takes a moment to step back and take time to be in a quiet place or meditate. I just started yoga. I just started. Yeah, at your uh, you're at Hotworks. Yeah. The Hotworks studio. Yeah, correct? yeah. So everything's yeah. in a sauna. That's pretty awesome. It's great. Um, it's infrared as well. Mm-hmm. So the health benefits to this, but um, it it was difficult for me because I'm used to a different type of a of a. Uh, workout scenario as you know and this is like oh my gosh concert and I breathing what I'm not used to it mm-hmm. but I'm I'm still I'm still kind of new but I'm getting better and it's a it's it's very relaxing mm-hmm. it's great yeah it's and silence and it's I like it a lot yeah there's there's a lot of amazing amazing uh things out there when it comes to meditation and and breathing and you know like like cold plunge is a real big game changer for me lately it's a big it's an important part of my life yeah you know and but it's only depending on the season you know up to three minutes a day that's all it is exactly right you know and that's that's all it takes but between that and like i said being able to study and practice one's stillness you know and that's why studying philosophy is so interesting you know, it's a very intriguing aspect because it really teaches you how to reach these states and different ways of, you know, looking at life and stuff. It's, and it's, I originally had a very hard time disconnecting, very hard time, because my brain is, is telling me, I gotta, I gotta go do something else, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, because I'm always doing something. So for me to disconnect was, not easy and I I tried it kind of like half-heartedly before and I didn't give it everything and I was just like ah I I can't I can't disconnect like that I can't meditate I can't do yoga I can't do that I have to be more but it's you can you just have to make a conscious effort to do it and not have anything can't have TV in the other room where you're aware of it you can't have cars honking outside you know what I'm saying I, I can't anyway but you just have to learn your own little niche to 
get to that point. And I'm working on it. Now, what have you noticed translated to your everyday life from this yoga, meditation, stuff like that? What Um, what real-world translations are you seeing? Well, most important to me, I'm sleeping better. Finally. It's been a long time. Finally. Good. And I don't want to jinx it, but I'm definitely sleeping better. Um... I have, I feel like I have more uh, clarity of mind. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I'm doing advanced ones where I think, who cares if I can't finish it? Then I can't finish it. I'm not gonna, but I am finishing them. I'm going to through the whole um, completion of it, and it's great. Maybe not every day. Maybe one day I'll go in and I'm like, wow, you know, this is 135 degrees in here and I'm having a little bit of a hard time today. Mm-hmm. And I don't beat myself up over it. You know what? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, 10 minutes left? No. I'm going to call it a day here. I'm not going to push myself. I'm not going to make myself fatigued and, and sick over it where I don't want to go back again. But I like it a lot. Very good. Speaking of stress and kind of your 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 mindset and some of the precarious things that you have done and that you do uh, with all these adventures that you have, um, do you feel like you have a a fear of death yourself? I wouldn't call it a fear. I mean, obviously, it's inevitable. I don't dwell on this. I try to um, live as healthy as I can to avoid dying early. I try not to put myself in dangerous situations. But one would argue that you put yourself into more dangerous situations than simply staying at home, for example. Yes. And so I feel like you're, there's a balance that you're yes, juggling. Yes, there's, there's a balance, but it's um, doing dangerous things carefully. Ah, well said. Thank you. <laughs> I heard that from an amazing man. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going out there uh, in 120 feet of water, you know, chumming, uh, fish with a knife to bring what it brings Mm -hmm. which a lot of my friends do this i'm not doing things like that i'm doing things but i'm doing them carefully i've i'm watching my my dive watch my computer i'm watching my oxygen levels i'm watching everything i'm not free diving on a whim and you know doing crazy things at all so I don't have a fear of death, but I try to mitigate my risks in my life as much as I can without totally just isolating myself in the house. Right. So it doesn't control your life. It doesn't control my life. That's important. That's a that's a hard place to get to. You know, and I think without the without the proper context, it's it's hard to not let that control one's life because there are many people out there, even if 
they're not outspoken about it to where that's a very, very, you know, concerning aspect of life and it stops people from doing a lot of things. Yes. You yes. know, um, one of my favorite quotes actually is from uh, uh, Mr. J.R. Tolkien from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's um, it's dangerous business going outside your front door. You know, it is. Sure. It, it is. Sure. But if you don't go outside your front door, then you'll just never exactly. live. And exactly. we've, we've got to strike that balance. And, you know, um, I get into interesting debates and stuff about all, all sorts of things, whether it be rock climbing, whether it be, um, you know, doing uh, a dangerous job, you know, um, in my particular career field, whether it be, you know, doing um, even pushing my body from weightlifting and jujitsu and how that breaks your, your body down. Um, these things, these things are difficult on the body and the other things are, can be quite dangerous. Yes. Um, but sometimes it's not about trying to maximize. I am not personally trying to maximize my years, you know, living, you know, being alive. I'm not trying to maximize that. I'm trying to live healthy as well. Yes. Um, however, being able to do the things that matter. And a lot of times those things will, will shift. You know, I used to I used to skydive quite a bit. I used to do a lot of skydiving in the military. And military skydiving is significantly more dangerous than civilian skydiving. And one of the times I remember, one of the times that I almost, probably in my top three, I, I can list three really, really close times that I almost died. And one of them, I was doing a- I feel a, like I wanna plug my ears right now. <laughs> I was uh, doing doing a jump, and and I jumped and uh, and uh, it was a super windy day, and I didn't really have any type of good steering on my particular uh, parachute, and I went into um, I was uh, I was falling, and then the parachute opens and there's this big body of water, there's this big body of water and then there's a um, a forest and I'm like oh man I was not supposed to go in this direction because really there's only two options there's only two outcomes to this situation one of them is as I'm gliding in I'm like oh I'm gonna hit the water and hitting the water even though we do some training drills for it we don't do a lot of training drills for it and jumpers aren't super great at that particular drill because we just don't train it a lot um and so if you hit the water you go underwater you need to unharness everything and it's not of course and it's not like it's one button you have to unharness everything around you and you have an 80 pound pack on so you have to undo your pack you have to undo this part of the harness 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 get out and then keep in mind there's a whole shoot over you that spreads for like 30 feet. And then and oh my gosh, you need yes. to swim all under and around it and you're in full gear. Because it would it isn't like envelop you, you yeah. and you... Oh. Yeah, it isn't like you're in a swimsuit. Right. Right? And so I'm like, man, that would be a really bad situation. And my, you don't have the ch- luxury of, um, of time either. Your brain has to go... Right. And so I'm like, man, that would be really bad. Option two is... you And keep in mind... These are military parachutes 
that are meant, they're T11s, they're meant to get you out of the sky quick. So for those of you that have done civilian jumping, um, you probably remember the, sh the chute gets pulled, you and your instructor, who you're probably tandem with, you kind of land, and you kind of just walk it off. You land like a feather. Yes. With military shoots, you hit the ground fast and super hard. Super hard. We spent the whole the whole month-long training school was about how to not break a leg. I was going to say, because I'm picturing you like this, and the legs hitting yeah. the, the ground. You go... You hit very you gotta, fast. You got to roll or something, yeah. right? I, I mean, mean, how do you do this? You're coming in at, at about 25 miles an hour. <gasps> Boom. And so the other option was I'm going 25 miles an hour to, or with these gusts, I don't know, probably a little bit faster, directly into sharp branches of trees. It's a forest. It's a dense forest. And I get impaled. Just a branch through my heart or something. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be... It's going to be one of these. And I ended up, um, luckily, missing the water. But then I did smack right into a tree. Um, and I was just super surprised that, one, I didn't get impaled. Because just a matter of inches or, or, you know, maybe a foot over that way, I would have been impaled um, somewhere, right? You can't stop yourself. No. Um, or at least broken multiple bones in, in my body. And I just didn't. I just hit it with my shoulder and went tumbling down. Where were you? Um, this was uh, this was Camp Avon, Florida. Really? Avon Park, Avon Park, Florida. Uh, we we were doing a, a jump training exercise up there, and uh, yeah, it was a bad day either way. But super lucky, um, I did not. And I I was wondering, I'm like, man, that's really weird that like I didn't die doing that because plenty of people have died doing that. Oh my gosh, um, Jared. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so. You know, we do have to do these, we do have to do these things to be alive and do stuff. You yes. know, it's it's an important part of, of human nature. and I think so. Yeah. I think so. There's, there's a, there's an interesting, um, an interesting concept that I was, that, um, I was always thinking about, and there's, it reminds me of the movie Fight Club. You remember that? Of course. And Great movie. You remember when they were on the plane, and he's having this conversation with him with himself. Right, obviously. right, right. I, I don't feel like that's a spoiler, by the way. The movie's like 25 years there's, old. No, it's not. Uh, but he's having this conversation with himself, and they're talking about, well, you know, the reason oxygen masks fall on a plane is because, you know, it, they're not going to help you, but, you know, they make you high. Yes. And so you can just kind of... You're going to remain calm. Kind of relax right. a little bit. But I think about that concept a lot, how they kind of depicted it in the movie and stuff. And, you know, if there was ever a time when God came down to you and said, it, hey, it's your time to go. Would you be upset about that? See, right now, I feel like I would be upset about it. Not because... Not for the reason that you're thinking, but I would be thinking about you and Dad. Like, I wouldn't want to leave my family. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that pops in my head. 
I wouldn't want to leave my family. Would you be would you be satisfied with what you have done in life, the choices you've made up until this point? Yes. That's good. Not everyone can can answer that honestly. Yes. You know, and Yes. I I yes, I would. Sometimes it takes a near death situation to be like, "Oh, I have the second chance. Now I better do what I have to do. Again, I think about, about the movie Fight Club when yeah. he sticks the gun in the shop owner's face oh, yeah. and, and he goes, I could kill you right now, mm-hmm. but you know what? You want to go to you want to go to veterinary school? How come you haven't? Well, I, yeah. I got stuck working. <laughs> well, now you're going to do it. Now you're going to go. You know? And, you know, like he said in there, when you wake up that next day, that, you know, that uh, those blueberry pancakes are the best blueberry pancakes you've ever That's had in right. your life. That's right. That's right. did him a favor. Yeah. So no, I mean I don't. I, I'm I'm not ready. I don't want to. I love life. I'm happy every day. I just um, I'm not as stoic as you, but I'm getting there. Little by little. Okay. I try. You see, I had a had a little philosophical question. Let me see. Mm. Let me ask you this. Are you content with the finite nature of life? Yes. But what choice would I have? What if I wasn't content with it? That's a question. Would you, if you had the ability right now to have infinite life and live forever. Would you opt for that versus the finite nature that life is now? That's a difficult question because we don't know what's beyond. It is a difficult question. <laughs> and I'm reading a very spiritual book on the flight here <laughs> that talks about this exact thing. The finite nature of life? Or um, the fi- it talks about the other side, mm. about how your loved ones and you can still communicate if you choose to. And the and it's written by a person who conveys messages mm. from people who have passed to the living. And the common denominator with every message, and she's got thousands of them, is that everyone says, I'm okay. This is nothing but peace and abundance of love, and that's the only way I can describe it. I mean, whether it's all BS or not, who knows? This is a person's point of view. But um, that's a difficult question, Jed. So what if a vampire came up to you tomorrow and says, hey, I can bite you, I can give you eternal life. Like Twilight. Like Twilight. But how lonely. That's a factor. Yeah, no. No. You'd, you'd be leaving, everyone would leave you. Mm. Um, what was that movie with Tom Hanks? Interview with the Vampire? No. 
No, no, no. Oh wait, why am Not, I thinking? I'm thinking Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. No, with Tom Hanks and and um, the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. What about it? Tom Hanks keeps living. He keeps living. And he's got that little mouse in his little garage. And it's like him and the mouse. And everyone's gone. It is the Green Mile, right? Yes. It's the Green Mile. I think Mile. so. It's the Green Mile. Hmm. If you haven't seen it lately, watch it again. It has been a while. It has been a while. It's probably been... It has been, been for me too, it's but... It's probably been 15 years. It's a great movie. Yeah. And Tom Hanks has that. I, I, he, he gets it from, you know, whatever supernatural thing happened in the prison and then his wife is gone his family's gone children, everyone's gone except for this mouse and it's just him and the mouse it's very lonely mm. yeah I think about yeah I think that would be that entire concept would be the worst possible punishment is what I think oh really um, yeah yeah I I enjoy the finite nature of life. I don't just deal with it. Oh, really? I enjoy the finite nature of life uh, because I don't think there would be any motivation to do things if there wasn't a clock on it. Exactly. You would live your yeah. life differently. Yeah. You, I mean, you there, might sit around watching soap operas all day. Because why not? Why not? Because you have tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day mm -hmm. and the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And the Stoics talk about this also is this is actually very tied into the concept of memento mori, remember you will mm -hmm. die. Correct. And that should not be a morose statement. It should be a motivational thing of how will you live tomorrow? Right. How will you live the next day? What will you do? What will you say? What will you think? Mm -hmm. You know, all these, all these aspects that time gives us. Mm-hmm. You're right. The finite nature of time gives us this gift of get things done. It's true. It's true. Some people have no problem um, just kind of languishing around all day, though. I find that um, if I have a day, let's say it's a day I'm not working, maybe I needed the rest and if I go the whole day and I'm just kind of relaxed a lot, I obviously I needed it, but I'll feel guilty. Like, oh man, it's it's four in the afternoon and I I haven't really done anything. I mean, not that I'm you know laying in bed, I'm doing things, but I always feel like I should be accomplishing more than I am. I'm not a person mm -hmm. who sits around. You're very industrious. You want yeah, to be on the if, move. And if I'm not, I feel like. You're missing out. It bags out. me, though. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like I should have been, you know, doing something. What is, if you could choose, if you could choose one big thing to do, your next big thing to do, what is one big task or adventure that you want to do that you have yet to do? Um... Gosh, Jay, I haven't really thought about that. There's no constraints of having to go to work. There's no constraints of money. There's no constraints of anything. 
you can do whatever you want to do. Time is on your side. Logistics are on your side. You know what I would like to do? I would like to... And it sounds... It's not like adventurous. It's something that many people do every single day. I would love to learn how to fish. I really would. I would like to go out, and I would like to go out in the ocean and learn, like, how to fish. Like, how to really fish. Interesting. That would be that would be exciting for me. And not just for the sport. So, some... some uh, not some... for the sport. I, wanted, mm-hmm. I, I would like to learn how to fish. Something I've never learned to do, ever. And, um... I would do that. I would love to learn how to catch a beautiful fish, clean the fish, prepare the fish myself, and eat the fish. Interesting. And it might sound stupid because it's, no, not, not, like, at all. it's not like an adventurer, but I've, I have always wanted to do that. No, that's a very functional skill. It's a very functional skill. You're learning something new. Yeah. And not only is it something I'm new. I'm going out and I'm getting my own food and I know how to catch a lobster. I can do this. Don't you just like stick your hands in the ocean real quick and... Well, are you talking about a lobster from like a red lobster restaurant tank? Or are you talking about like... No. <laughs> what do you mean you talking about like... No I, no, I mean I have caught lobster in Florida. Diving. Florida lobster. Are you talking about diving? Okay. Diving. Okay. I know how to um, catch it. I know how to kill it. I know how to prepare it, clean it, and I know how to cook it. Mm. It's not difficult. That's a good skill. Um, but, uh, I, I would love to do this. I really would. Well, I mean, you live in the perfect place to do it. I do. You live in the perfect place. I do. I do live in the perfect place to do it. Five minutes from the ocean? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But, um, like one adventure that I've never had any interest in is what you just talked about. I have no interest in jumping out of a plane. Mm. Skydiving. Well, not only do I not have an interest, I have a total aversion to this. Like, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. You were with me. And I always wanted to scuba dive. And I said, Will you get certified with me? And you said, I remember. Will you jump out of a plane? (laughs) I said, and um, I said, okay, I'll do it on my own. <laughs> well, I think when it comes to comes to those things, there are some things that I can imagine. You can imagine doing it, and it gives you no joy, right? So for you, you're saying it's not the fear aspect of skydiving. It's the you just wouldn't get anything out of it. Regardless of the... And maybe I would have a huge adrenaline rush. Maybe. maybe. I'm not specifically searching for this. But no, it, a lot of it, a lot of it is, is, the, is the fear. I just cannot... I remember when you went to Ireland. And you came home. And I didn't know... You told me some things you did there. A little, you know, innocent little things, right? And you said, oh, oh I'll check this out. And you put... Oh, yeah. You go, I got to show you something. And you put it in the uh, DVD player. And I don't know what I'm going to watch. Mm. 
I think I'm just going to watch you frolicking in frolic, a meadow. Frolicking in a in a green meadow with a leprechaun <laughs> drinking Guinness. You know, I don't know. And you went skydiving, and I had no idea you did this. Yeah. And my heart was all the way up in my throat yeah. with the uh, Dublin uh, parachute team. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I was like, wow, you went to Dublin to do this. <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. Man, what was that? That was, what, 18 years old, I believe? Yeah. That was, that was the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. That was, that was, yeah, you were 18. Back in the day. You were 18. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some things I can, there are some things that I can imagine and I just wouldn't get joy from that yeah um and then there's other things that you can imagine you're like oh yeah that would be awesome um and i think you really have to take a second to really kind of put yourself in the moment and kind of think about all right what would it be like like did you ever before i put you in a harness did you ever imagine climbing for example or like even put yourself in that role and be like all right wait i'm gonna imagine i'm climbing do I enjoy it? I, I never... No, I, I it's not anything yeah. that I ever... I think a lot of things we glance over when it comes to just so many activities out there that well, we would love. And look where I live. I mean, where am I, where am I going? Right, right, I right. have nowhere to climb. Yeah. But diving spoke to you. Diving spoke to me, and um, I love water-related activities. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, about five years ago, six years ago maybe... I said, oh my gosh, I, I, <laughs> I want to surf where I'm going to surf. Oh my God, it looks so amazing. I could do this. I could do this. This looks so good. My balance is pretty good. I could do this. Dad bought me a surfboard. I waited for the conditions. Is that the surfboard in the guest room at your house? Yeah, so now it's just a decorative piece. Why did I think that was my surfboard when I used to surf? No. That was not, okay. That's not. You lent yours out to a neighbor, and I don't know if it ever came back. I got you, okay. But no, um, that's that surfboard Dad bought for me. Yeah. Um, Too small, also. Just That's for someone who's very good. And I was like, we went to... Nomad? uh, Went to Nomad. I said, just I bought a I bought a, a, a pre-loved surfboard. Just let me try this. I'm gonna be so good at this. I'm gonna be amazing at this. And um, Dad and I went to the beach. I go watch this. I'm gonna crush it. No, I didn't. I fell off. Got back on. Couldn't. Man, this is so much harder than I anticipated. I thought I was going to get on there and just... I remember I thought the same thing. I remember. I thought the same thing. You and Tommy. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, it took a long time for me to get even to a low level of decency. Yeah, it's not easy. No. Huge learning curve. Mm Mm-hmm. I still love to go out on like a really, really windy day after a storm. I still love to watch the surfers. And I'm just like, man, one day, a 
I'm going to get that surfboard out of the guest room. Yeah, well, I mean, but just like with anything else, whether it's the surfing or, you know, what you're talking about, the fishing, mm-hmm. like the best way, you know, the best way to do anything really is to get that professional guidance. Yes. You know, yes, you, you think I went to REI, bought a bunch of climbing gear and just like, all right. I'm going to YouTube this. I'm going to figure it out. No, you know, no. No, I came across, luckily, some amazing, but that's very, the way to do it. very skilled people. But if I didn't come across those people, I would have gotten just private climbing lessons. I would have just gotten private climbing lessons. Exactly. Because you know? if you don't, you're going to develop bad habits. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you, you, I mean, with something like climbing, you have to... Right, right. And there are some things that, yeah, you can... You can YouTube, like, you know, I, I YouTube how to cook stuff all the time. Which is fine. Zero, so zero yeah. consequences. Exactly. You know, but... What's the no, worst that can happen? With something bigger, larger scale, um, that not only from a danger standpoint, but you want to be good at, it's great to... It's great to learn the best way and then mm-hmm. supplement with YouTube. I supplement everything with, with YouTube, though. Um, even, you know, jujitsu, for example. Like, yeah. I have an amazing coach... Um, absolutely amazing coach. But, um, the other thing that I do is I'm always just cruising YouTube and stuff and I'm like, Oh cool. Hey, that's, that's cool. Listen to this podcast and stuff. And you can only get a little bit better, you know, in that off time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think your excursion of going out, you know, learn, learn how to fish, hunt for your own food. Because obviously the zombie apocalypse is coming, so you're going to have to have the skill. I need this, right? Yeah, you're going to have to have it. Exactly. You'll be thanking me for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I think if you don't get the professional guidance, like like with me surfing, I tried it on my own because I thought, mm-hmm. how hard can it be? Yeah. I know how to stand on it. Very difficult. Um, paddle boarding... Christy and I had this thing. We're gonna we're gonna get paddle boards when it first became a long time ago, right? We're gonna get paddle boards and we're gonna do it right. We're gonna get one on one instruction, and we did. We went to Nomad. Awesome. Went out in the ocean. Shout out to Nomad Bonton Beach. Shout out. Is it? You know what? Correction. Delray. No. Bonten? Is it Bonton? It's it's not definitely not Delray, but it might be um, Briny Breezes. Oh, is that an actual place? I th- yeah. Okay. It, it's this big. Yeah. All right. But I, I believe it's Briny Breezes, but All right, for well, intents and purposes, we'll call it Boyden Beach. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Nomad South Florida. That's right. <laughs> uh, we went out there, and before we purchased our paddleboards here, paddleboards went out, and it's like, yeah, this is super easy. I feed our parallel, and we're paddling. And then, you know, like 20 minutes into it, I, I'm like, did we need an instructor for this? I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. And we became like experts in two yeah. seconds. But you didn't lose anything, though. We didn't lose anything. You don't. It doesn't cost you anything. It cost us nothing, you know? and it was fine. And we loved it. And we went out and bought paddle boards, and we we utilize them to this day, and good. it's great. But something with a technique or safety. Yeah, absolutely. You know that's different. That's yep. That's that's a lot different. Yeah, and it's just great to take advantage, you know, be a, you know, you're a, um, I think you're a lifelong learner, you know, and I, I think that's important to 
it's imp- want it's to a, learn. It's a, it is. It's important for everybody. And be be open. You know, yeah. one of the things that uh, we talk about a lot in uh, jujitsu also is becoming a beginner again mm-hmm. is for some people a very very scary, uncomfortable, and ill-desired aspect of starting something new. You know, because you're, you know, you go your whole life and you get good at certain things, really good at certain things, and then you think you earned it and you made it, but now you're literally starting over with a new sport. Right, exactly. You know, and it's like, oh man, I'm a beginner again. I thought I was past this. No, I'm, you know, and what do most people do? They quit. Yep. Stop doing that thing and they go back to the things that they're good at. That they're very good at, of course. And... So that's for some people. Now, there are some people that, you know, um, will reluctantly stay with it and ultimately, you know, thrive from it. Right. But I think there's a lot of people out there also who they just love being a beginner. And I'm definitely one of those. I think you're you're one of those. I think it's fun to just be absolute ground zero again. And you get to relive the progress you get to relive it. Yes, as and, long as you are progressing. Well, you're all. I mean, the thing is, you are always going to be progressing, like you just are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think about like the gym, for example. I won't see any more gains, you know, with a Z. By the way, I won't see any more <laughs> any more gains in the gym. Um, I'll, I'll be maintaining, I'll call it, I'll call it my elite level of fitness is what, yeah, but is you what are at an elite level. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is I'll be maintaining it. You're exactly, but, but you're already here. But, and I, you know, I'm, I, I'm just saying, could I be even higher? I could be at Olympic level, of course. but I'm not trying to do that though. Yeah. But the point is, it's not like the gains that you see your first six months. You know, to where they're just every week, oh, my bench press went up 10 pounds, 10 pounds, 10 pounds. Um, You know, but that's the fun thing about starting up a new sport or activity or skill is, oh, wow, I'm seeing it. Again, it's slow. Sure. But I'm seeing it, whether it be week after week, month after month, or, you know, possibly year after year. You get to see it again. And sometimes you forget what that feels like. Yes. You know, but I think about that and um, it's it's a very cool feeling. It's a great feeling. It, it's a cool feeling. And so, yeah, taking advantage of it and anything you can is excellent. I think so too. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we got to uh, to talk about some of your precarious adventures because like i said i uh i do i do refer to you as a very um as a very uh precarious person in some of the things that you do you know especially when you take your casual trips to the keys and you're jumping in alligator infested waters no big deal which that did just happen what a year ago was a crocodile Croc- oh yeah salt water yeah salt water um, yes but uh yeah, you know, you got no fear, and uh, it's it's impressive. You're, um, you know, if 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 I could make a, I I've seen these shirts online, but uh, if I could represent you through a piece of like 
apparel, it would be the shirt that says, like, it shows, like, a stick figure yeah. of, like, a person, and it says, like, your mom, and then it would it would sh- show you, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, my mom's, like, your mom, but way more badass, <laughs> you know? Well, that's a huge compliment coming yeah. from you. I mean, you're much more adventurous than I am. No, no, yeah. I just... no, you are. I just, uh... I step outside my my front door every once in a while. You always have. Yeah, yeah. You always have. So thank you for being being on today, joining in the podcast. You, you were a little bit nervous coming on, but uh, you're an excellent speaker. Really, an thank excellent you. podcast I, I, guest. I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. You know thank what? You. I think this is a sign for you to start up your own podcast. <laughs> Down in uh down in the South Florida. Yeah. You know. Who would I interview? Um, who would you if you could have on any guest, anyone, who would you want to interview? Mm-hmm. And actually, I'll even extend it. Anyone, anyone, uh, living or dead, who would you? You have one chance to interview anybody. Who would it be? You know who I would love to interview? And I listen to his interviews. Elon Musk. Mr. Musk, what is it about him that I don't know. You? He fascinates me. Yeah. Um, I think because I didn't really keep track of the things that he does. And then when I when I listen to his interviews when he's a guest on a podcast, I'm like, he's like, Yeah, I'm doing this and this and this and I'm like, My God. And and it just obvi- I mean, obviously he does not need money Mm -hmm. but he's i don't know he fascinates me he is an interesting character he's super interesting i mean a lot of people think he's 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 super weird or you know i know he named his kids like things with like different symbols and letters or whatever yeah i don't care about any of that i just i don't know his philosophy just he he's uh intriguing to me yeah i think he is he just he's got these ideas that you think to yourself this could never work just like everybody thought an electric car couldn't be mm. uh, powerful. You could have it, sure, but it's going to be like a little... Look what he's done. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he's really cool. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna put put the call in. I got him on speed dial. I would appreciate that. Yo, Elon. <laughs> hey, it's your boy. Yeah. Yep. Down here just uh, chilling in Denver. Um, hey, I got my mother on here. She wants to do a quick, quick interview with you. Uh, you free? Oh, you're hanging out in a space shuttle right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I got you. Well, hey, just us from by after. All right, cool. I got some uh, whiskey for you too. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the little things. So, yeah. who would you interview, living or dead? Oh man, um, that's a difficult one. Uh, let's see. I know one you would. I have one in my head, but you tell me first. Um, let's see. Who would I interview? I think I would go with. There's a lot of people I find intriguing. I mean, all right, if I had to break it up into categories and I could go, let's see, if I had to go dead first, I would probably go with Theodore Roosevelt. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just excellent leader. Yeah. Excellent leader. No doubt. Um, Now, if I could go back in time, even though we don't speak the same language probably have to go Marcus Aurelius 
another. And you know who I was going to guess for you? Who's that? Seneca. Ah, uh, Seneca. Well, yeah. I mean, close. Very. very I mean, right That's in the, the same. That's the first person that popped in my mind when I thought yeah. who you would want, Seneca. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We would. Yeah. We would just uh, talk about philosophy. I'd be like, Hey, Marcus, what's going on, man? Um, you know, I know you were alive about two thousand years ago. Right. But um, I've been reading your journal, your <laughs> inner thoughts that you had no desire for anyone to ever find yet it was found and mm-hmm. it was publicated on a massive scale and everyone is reading your inner thoughts now your personal diary was it published after he passed away way after he, he passed away way after he passed away yeah i didn't realize that yeah 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 so marks marks really his meditations is what the book's called it's not a book it's his personal diary really yeah it's his personal diary he had no intent on that was never a book. He had no intent on sharing that. I thought he wanted to share that. No. I just, assu- I just assumed. I just no, assumed. That was his I feel like if you had Marcus and or Seneca on a podcast, I feel like you guys would be like, What time is it? Oh my god, it's been four days we're down here <laughs> talking. I feel <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel like time would get away from you. You, you know, uh, I mean, if I had to speculate, I, I think if I asked that that question, I think Marcus Aurelius would just look up at me and he would just give me mm. time. Right, yeah, You're, true story. The only time you need to worry about is how close your death is coming. <laughs> That's right. You know? Actually, there, there's an interesting, um, another interesting kind of thing that I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson. He was talking about this on some some random um, talk to. I think he was, yeah, he was talking about how obviously we know that time as we think about it does not exist. Mm-hmm. But the question is, why does it not exist? And one of the ways that he was talking about it was there is no time in the universe as we perceive it. The only time segments of time like we count a second is a segment of time a minute um an hour a year a month you know all that stuff the only segment of time in the universe is massive cosmic events so the big bang was one interval of time correct and in this particular you know galaxy we have there is no there hasn't been a second interval from the Big Bang until now. And so everything that has happened up until now is the universe doesn't see it. There's, It's been completely inconsequential. Yes, yes. You know, to, in the universe's eyes. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, and I mean, again, if Marcus Aurelius were here, he would, you know, he would expand, I think, upon that too when it comes to you know, time and our insignificance in the universe. Um, And I think he would mention also that when it comes to time and how, you know, one day we won't be here and everything. um, Again, a lot of people see that as a very depressing or morose topic. But I was listening... um, uh, to to another speaker and they said that the analogy that they gave was life is like life is like a song 
plays and one day the song comes to an end right. you know song comes to an end has to but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a beautiful song right and it doesn't mean that it didn't mean something to the universe right it meant something. Our lives mean something to the universe, even if, you know, maybe we don't know for sure what that is, but our lives mean something and they are beautiful inherently. And so when a song ends, that's okay. It's okay when a song ends. Would you want to, if I played a song on the speakers right now, what if that song never ended? You'd be like, man, you know, to absorb this song and to think back and reminisce on the song it has to end. You can't, you're supposed to enjoy it and right. live it when it's playing. Right. You're not supposed For to start, moment. yeah, you're not supposed to start analyzing it yet. And I think that's what, that's my long version of saying, I think that's what he would mention if I brought up time. <laughs> you are your grandmother's grandson. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Because she used to, um, I've heard you and her talk about Tyson before. Oh, New to Grass Dustin, yeah. Yeah, she was a fan. Yeah, she yeah. was a fan. <laughs> she was a fan of this as well. Yeah, I remember, I, actually, I remember we had a, gr- oh man, speaking of New to Grass Tyson and my grandmother, uh, we had a really cool adventure. It was hilarious. Um, so she came down and uh, I told her, all right, today we're going to drive up to Wyoming and get some breakfast. Oh my gosh. And I said, but before we go up there, before we uh, go up there, um, do you wanna <laughs> do you wanna go and get yourself some some edibles? And she went into the dispensary and because she's in Colorado, she went in and uh, she got herself some edibles and she tried one and then we started heading up to Wyoming. Oh really? <laughs> and we had a Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast on. And so she started tripping no and, and Neil deGrasse is talking about the universe. And I remember she was like, uh, she was like, Jared, are you hearing this? Can you believe it? You know, and I forgot exactly what he was talking about, but it was, you know, the Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. podcast. And he was talking about that and she was so enthralled by it. Oh um, I always found it so funny that oh, it must have been fu- such a perfect podcast to choose Jesus. for her. In that particular mental Absolutely. state. Absolutely. And not, I mean, but she was such an intelligent mm-hmm. woman. So she could understand so much of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that she had yes. on the way. She talked about that Wyoming trip for ever after that. She had such a great time. She was, she loved that day. Yeah, that was a, that was a great trip. I still have her. Um, I've got those pictures. Yeah, but I have a picture from that particular this is that particular day actually when we got there <laughs> yep yeah that that's was awesome great. that's great classic yep it is great all right well again we will uh we will close it out um and uh any any final words for the for the Millions of people worldwide listening to this right now. No, well, no, I want to thank you for having me. It's the first time I've done anything like this ever. I hope I didn't disappoint. You are good to go. 
um, amazing guest. And uh, I appreciate your time. Well, I'm here anytime to do this with you again. Sounds I'll good. Have to, I'll have to rack up some new adventures to talk about, though, I guess, next time. Oh, we have plenty of adventures coming up in the next 24 hours. Do we? Just ones that you don't know about. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, there's that. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And Thank you. On this very special edition episode. I'll see you next time.